0: Welcome to the word, people, where we bring you straight up sales 411. You get to chill and hang with the best and the brightest in the sales industry. And we don't do it boring, we do it with swagger. So let's go, people. It is on. Boom. What is up, people? Welcome to the word. I am Keenan with my sidekick, Kira Kiki Moore. We are excited to be back. This is episode 37 with my boy, Stephen Rosen. Stephen is the author of 52 Sales Management Tips. He is a sales guru. He's a Canadian who's getting his ass kicked in fantasy football, American fantasy football, and I'm proud to call him a friend as well. So, guys, welcome. Let me welcome Stephen. Yeah, glad to be here. Yes, we're gonna have fun. Steve's a good guy. Thank you, my man. Thank you very much. Anything you want to say before we kick this bad boy off? What do you want to tell us?
1: Uh, I want to tell us that Canada rocks, and when you guys, if you guys want to come up to Canada, you're more than welcome. Given the political situation down there. Uh, other than that, uh, I hate fantasy football. Uh, when I lose, and I like it when I win. Does that sound familiar? Sounds brilliant. Sounds like a sales guy. It sort of sounds like
0: to me. It sounds like a Donald. Ooh yeah, ooh, ooh <laughs> wow. Yeah, Canadians jumping in, is in right on me. You. Yeah, right there he goes. Rigged against you. Canadians jumping in on American politics. It's a beautiful thing. Well, everybody, as you know, the word is about delivery. Guys, on my end. <laughs> yeah, so we lost you for a second, Kiki. Say that again. Oh. I
1: just said, it sounds familiar to me. I think it's lagging.
0: Uh, I apologize. I'll stop talking. No How about that? <laughs> <laughs> so everybody, uh, the words about bringing dope real live sales content to you without the polished fluff, but you know what it's about. We get right down in it. We like to do it with some fun and with some swagger. So today is no different. Stephen has spent considerable amount of time evaluating, assessing, and working with sales organizations, sales leaders, sales managers, and he has really got a, Good in, got a good understanding and insight on why sales teams don't work. And that's what we want to talk about today. This is going to be a fantastic show for those of you who have to build sales teams, run sales teams, turn sales teams around, or get sales teams producing more because Stephen knows that stuff. So without any more BS, let's make it happen. Steve, first question, my man. Let's just jump right in. Let's go. Why do sales organizations? fail?
1: Well, there are many reasons. The one that I focus on the most, which is critical to success of any sales organization and the foundation of performance is your frontline sales management team. These are the unsung heroes of the sales force. They hire, develop, retain, coach uh, your, front, your sales reps. And if you don't got good ones in place, and if you're not investing them, forget about it. You're not going to succeed.
0: But why, that seems pretty obvious. What, why is that a problem? Like, okay, so you said that's the problem, but why is it a problem?
1: Why is that the biggest problem for sales organizations? Well, number one, uh, the number one performance driver for salespeople is their frontline sales manager. So, you know, you can throw all types of money at them, but it's still not the number one reason why they perform. The number one reason why they perform is their sales managers. And why it's a problem is 70% of your sales managers come from the sales organization. So, the fact is, you're taking your best sales rep in most cases and saying, Hey, we're going to put you as a sales manager. You're great. You have your sales rep of the year award. You're now a sales manager. Okay. They're not prepared. They're not equipped. They're not supported. They're not trained. Guess what happens? What? They fail. And not only do they fail, so you've lost your best rep, but you've demoralized the whole region.
0: So why don't companies figure this out, right? I mean, this isn't the first time I've heard this. What's going on? Why can't companies get their arms around this? Well, down. I've been talking about this for
1: the last 13 years since I've been in business. I, I, I just kind of understand. I see more and more people jumping on board. Some of our buddies have started to right now to move from talking about sales reps. When they get into companies, they realize the issue is not the reps. It's management. Management is their biggest uh, you know, obstacle is themselves, and especially your frontline guys. So why are you just hearing about it? Now, I don't know. Uh, I've been telling about this. I I think if you ask most CEOs, and you say ask them a very simple question, is your frontline sales manager critical for success? They're going to say yes. And then you say, okay, what are you doing to support their development? And then they think, well, what should I be doing? Because nobody realizes that they they need to support these folks. They need to train them. They need to develop them. Just like a, a finely tuned athlete. You know, Usain Bolt doesn't stop training because he's won a gold medal, right? Mm-hmm. He's constantly training and, and pushing himself. So the people who are training and pushing your sales reps, if they're not bettering themselves every day, every month, every year, then as a company, you're failing not only your sales managers, but you're failing your sales team. And we have some really good stats. I don't want to talk, I don't want to just say that I'm making this up. Yeah, no, my no, no,
0: throw them out. I you want to hear some of these
1: the stats. There's no BS here, right? So number one, we did a study, and, and, you know, I wanted to talk about the study. Uh, It's our second year doing it. We call it the STAR Sales Manager uh, Study. We put out a report, and we look. So we have two-year comparison, and we look at five essential skills for a sales manager. And and we can probably all agree that these are, at least in the top ten, I think they're the top five, is hiring, performance management, coaching, leadership, and business planning. Okay, maybe there's some others. These are the five that we look at. And we went out and we said, how important are these skills from a frontline sales manager perspective? And we had responses ranging from, uh, if we aggregate over 90% of the people who took our survey agreed these were important skills. And then we said, okay, how well does your company support them with ongoing training and development? And less than 50% of companies are providing ongoing training and development for these folks. Less than 50%. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. Yes.
0: All right. So let's, let's interesting. um, That's interesting. Let's, let's look at this. I'm going to throw something out for you. Okay. Okay. And I want you to tell me your thoughts. Okay. What if I told you that I believe that frontline sales managers is the biggest weakness inside an organization because it is the single most fundamental, or impacting
1: job shift than any of the other ones. I'm on board with you. I agree. I think moving from an individual contributor to being a team leader is a much different mindset. Got it. Those are two separate jobs, two
0: separate jobs, coaching and leading versus selling an individual contributor are two entirely separate things. Yes, we don't, most organizations don't recognize the difference in those, and therefore they don't have systems created to transition from
1: doing to leading. 100%. And we've also tried to benchmark that as well. And we asked two questions just to understand, because it's not only new sales managers that you have to support. It's your, you know, it's your tenured ones as well. Tenured ones need support. But if you look at what companies are doing based on our survey, and we asked them, do you have a formal process to evaluate the transition from individual performer to leader? Well, guess what? 23% of companies, or 23% of the respondents agreed or strongly agreed that their company did have that. 23 percent that's down from 31 percent last year so it's not getting any better okay in terms of what should that look like before we go to the next before we go to the next thing what would what
0: would a good transition plan look like so we just decided this is a real issue and that companies are not prepared to transition from individual contributor to um uh to leader yeah right what would that transition plan look like how what is that
1: supposed to do Okay. Well, a couple things. One, I coach folks to do to run through that process of getting themselves established. As we know, you know, there's a great book out called The First 90 Days, and it talks about leadership, you know, in the transition into a leadership position and preventing a lot of the issues that you can face, uh, including, you know, trying to be a, a, a super rep. Um, and I'm not going to talk about the problems. I'm going to give you some solutions, okay? Uh, whatever they fall into. You know, they, they think they're better than their salespeople. They think they're going to close the sales or they're a super rep. They think their job is putting out fires. If I can only put out fires, the job is leadership and making your people self-managers. So first of all, if, you, if you're a small organization and you can't afford a formal training program, then go outside. Give someone six months of coaching support from an executive sales coach because they're going to prevent them from making major, major, blunders or run into major potholes. And the first one is coming out the gates thinking you know more than your salespeople. You need to build trust. If you want to be successful, the first thing I work on over the first two, three months is get to know your people. There's plenty of time you're going to have to discuss the business, but unless you build that foundation of trust, which then you can coach from, you can build respect from. If that's not in place and you go right out and you say, hey, I'm going to drive sales. I'm a sales manager now. I'm going to whip my team into shape. Failure. It's going to be failure. So if you don't have the resources internally, invest in them. But really what you need someone is to coach, mentor, teach some core skills, i.e. coaching is not an easy skill to know off the bat. Even tenured managers are still struggling to coach. Provide them a a methodology for coaching, a way to work with their people, and also provide them a six-month transition plan that the first two months aren't going out and driving business. The focus is building trust, and I see that happen so many times where the pressure on delivering sales affects the sales manager to establish themselves as the leader of the group. Okay, so trust. That's the first thing to do. Dig it. So then what's
0: the next thing that I need that my transition plan needs to, I like to break it down like this. What do I need to focus on in the transition? And then what do they need to know in that focus area? So what's the next focus area and what do they need to know in that
1: focus area? Okay. Part of that is then getting to build individual plans with their people, start coaching them and helping them. So if they have a foundation for trust, there's an openness to start coaching and helping them. Okay. So actually even going back, they need to understand what their role is. Okay, and, and sometimes the problem is companies don't really clearly define the role of the salesman What is their role? What is their role? What's the sales manager's role? You know, I, I mentioned it earlier, but if I can actually just in a very concise way, because if you ask them to, to collage what their role is, you get a collage of tons of things. But at the end of the day, it's recruiting, developing, and retaining top performers.
0: That's it. Yeah. Everybody, did everybody just hear that? It isn't to drive revenue. It's, it's not to manage the pipeline. All that stuff is the tactical stuff. Listen to what the man just said. This is really important. It's to hire, develop. train, develop or train and yeah. retain. That's it. It's about the
1: people. This is good, my man. Okay. So if you think of, you know, if you're walking and maybe you're not doing some hiring right, right out of the gates on the retention issue, if you're not doing a good job, you stand to lose some top salespeople. But the real key is on a very simple level. You know, if you help your people move from a B performer to a B plus, some very simplistic terms, I'm not saying how, but if you help them get better, incremental improvement, it's not dramatic improvement, it's incremental improvement. If you help your Bs move, you know, if you're shifting that curve of performance through development, then you're going to make impact. And then your sales are going to come in, right? All the things that the end result, these are the activities that drive the result it's not the result that you that you can drive it's the activities people engaged right through trust developing them is, is actually a very critical step to engaging people we know that salespeople who are coached are much more engaged than those who are not because you care about them as you said as people you know it's, a- it's 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 fascinating to me
0: how I think one of the most trite phrases is it's the people. Like you hear CEOs get up all the time, say, oh, I couldn't do it off our people. We've got the best people. It all comes down to the people. And it's one of the most interesting paradoxes on the planet because it's absolutely the most trite thing, but at the same time, it is absolutely the most quintessential truth there is. It does come down to you, people. And you you see anytime you hire the right person who can nail it and you watch the results blow up. You hire the wrong person and they screw it up. It absolutely is the people. The interesting piece is, is we lose sight of that and stop focusing on the people. Right? I think that one of the best examples is, is so yeah. I think one of the best examples is um Bill Belichick, at the end of the day, all he focuses on people. And people talk about him and, well, do your job. He's talking to the person. He cuts people that other companies, would, uh, other football teams would never even dream of cutting. Why? Because they weren't doing their job. They weren't getting it done. They weren't performing as people. And it's interesting how we lose sight of that. And, well, and so I like where you're going with this.
1: Well, you know, I like where you're going with this because you talked about the CEO saying, I couldn't have done it without my people. Here's the problem in business, the higher up you get, the less connected you are to the people. That's a reality and I, I don't have a study on that, but I can tell you 90% of the cases, you know, when you move up, you know, you're a general manager of a small affiliate in Canada and your boss who you know, may report to the CEO, they don't give a shit about the people. That's the reality. It's all about the numbers. When the general manager is dealing with their boss, it's not about the people. They have to be a leader themselves and say, hey, it is about the people. But when they're talking to their boss, their boss doesn't give a shit about the people. To be honest, I can swear on this show, right? Like a yeah, Rosenratt, I'm allowed yeah, to swear? Right? Yes, you are. So the reality They don't care. They care about the numbers. So you need to have a good leader in place who says, hey, I care about the people, and I'm going to show that through my organizations. Most CEOs are not there. They're pressured by Wall Street or Bay Street or whatever street they're pressured by. So that's why I talk about the frontline manager who's connected to the people who bring in the revenue, okay? Maybe their boss isn't even connected to them, but they have to connect if they want performance. So yes, as you know, I work with with executives and and to me it's about the people. There's a process component, which I guess over time you realize process is important because you know if you have a defined process, you get a better outcome, but it's still about the people. And unless there's a movement from this short-term thinking Or, you know, I'll teach organizations on how to create a coaching culture. But as soon as sales are off, where do they go? To the numbers. They drop their coaching culture, and they're out there driving the numbers and forgetting about everything else. So to build that performance and that culture takes determination. It takes resolve in the face of where you may not be getting the immediate results. And not too many leaders, to be honest with you, are prepared to do that because they want to protect their own ass. And they want to deliver the numbers and they forget about the people. And that's why I love working with the frontline folks because they can make an incredible difference to their team. Now, maybe they're one of 50 teams in an organization. Maybe they're one of three. But that's where you can impact. You get their boss on board even better. But the problem is the higher up you go, the more removed you are from the people who drive your business, the less likely you are to give a shit about them. They're just the numbers. (laughs) All right, so now, I'm no longer in corporate life for that reason, uh, because I, I was against how the corporation felt on that. And not not to brag, because it was a long time ago, but I tripled sales over three years with no new products in an industry that's slow moving. So I did have a formula that worked when I was, you know, back when the days that Moses brought down the Ten Commandments and I was <laughs> a VP of sales, I had it. You know, that's good. That's
0: good. Uh, someday I want you to tell me all about this Moses guy. I've heard a lot of things about him. Um, I think so, he plays on the Jets now. Oh, did he play on the Jets now? There you go. Um, I, I'm always curious about his little ride down the reed craft down the Nile. I'm a, as a little kid, I was like, God, how do he not get eaten by an alligator? But that's a whole different story. By like, a crocodile.
1: You know, Lots so of CEOs way. are in denial.
0: No, yeah, and did ain't no river in
1: Egypt. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so you were walking, you were walking through the um. The, the, the transition change that we need to focus on what they need to focus on. So one was trust and then the other one, shoot, I okay. lost track. What was the other one?
1: Uh, you know, I forget, but but, but part of it is uh, skill well, development, the third one. right? Skills okay. development, okay, yep. They need to teach people, so, and coach people, stuff so like that. So, you know, the, you know, if you don't have a formal program in place, if you think about just putting into context as a comparative, we hire new sales reps, we have a great process in place for product knowledge, how to use our CRM system, for what our selling model is. In, my, in the pharmaceutical industry used to be called like boot camp. You know, we'd run them through and they'd get up to speed quickly because the sooner they can make a sale, the more productive they are. But in most cases, and i said 23% of companies, and, you know, maybe it's 30%, who cares? A majority of companies don't have a process in place for their sales managers. So I think, okay, how do we get them the skills? Maybe we don't have it internally. You know, I know it's a bit self-serving, not everyone's going to hire me, but there are people out there who can help on a one-on-one basis because that's the quickest way to learn and move someone forward is to coach them and get their skills up to speed on a one-on-one basis. That's called real-time learning, okay? So, you know, I, I don't even believe in training, to be honest with you, of sales managers, because unless it's reinforced by their boss, guess what? It fails. So, you know, helping that sales manager, and if you have a great next level, whether it's a VP or a regional director who can work one-on-one every two weeks with that sales manager to help them work through their issues, to help them develop, then you've got it in place and whether it's formal or not. But if someone takes that, if you don't and you don't have the resources, then you're much better to go outside than face the result of not having a smooth or easy transition because it affects performance. So there's skill development, right? There's understanding and dealing with people. So sometimes you need Specific advice, not just general advice, on how to handle situations. Uh, Understanding, you know, how to, you know, we can't motivate people. I truly believe that. I can't motivate you to do this show because you're motivated internally to deliver and educate people, right? I I can't, you know, by me coming on and rah-rahing didn't motivate you today. Although you may have had a smile on your face, you've got to be internally motivated to do it. Uh, And there is tricks in terms of understanding what motivates people and why they're motivated, why they get out of the bed. And we'll teach managers to actually understand the why. And you're good at trying to understand the why. And it means peeling back because you say, well, why do you get out of bed every day? Well, I want to make my numbers. Okay, why do you get out of bed every day? Well, I want to do a good job. Okay, we're getting closer, right? I want to be recognized, you know, so it's an internal feeling. The whole idea of understanding what motivates your folks makes you a far better sales manager. So how do you tap into the why? I've got a great article. You're welcome to put up on your site for people to download. But how do you tap into the why? So to think you can rah rah motivate—that's another mistake that sales managers make. So you want to you want to sort of pave those easy potholes along the way that they're going to fall into, because we know the road to success is paved with potholes, right? Uh, yep, yep, yep. And, so how do you I, keep going, okay, go on? Keep going. No, ask me the next question. My, my thought—I finished my thought there.
0: So. So, so the skeptics sitting out there, I hear them. You're sitting in the oh, car. We're you peeps. Right? peeps. You're sitting in your ride right now. You're driving to or from work. Maybe you're heading up to the mountains or off to the beach, and you're listening to this, and you're like, yeah, but I got numbers to make. I got numbers to make. No one cares about how much time I spend with my people. I got to make the numbers, and these cats got to do it. So how do you take what you're teaching and what you're talking about, and how do you connect it or align it to performance?
1: Great question. Because sometimes people don't see the connection, right? They're missing the connection. And, and there's great evidence out there. You know, I, I come from an industry that's evidence-based, you know, when you talk about drugs and pharmaceuticals, those kind of drugs, uh, you know, it's evidence-based, right? Uh, <laughs>
0: but, so evidently yeah. you're high. Yes. Evidently you're high. I get it. Yeah. Well,
1: I, yeah. I mean, that's subjective. <laughs> that's really subjective, right? Uh, so, so, what was the question again? No, <laughs> <laughs> What's the question again? The
0: question is, how do you tie it to performance? See, yes, he's high. If, I, if you're in Colorado, you sure you had an edible. But you're not in Colorado, you're in Canada. You guys haven't accepted that yet. But that's We're working whole, on it. Yes, yes, a lot of people working on it. Um, so, no, the question was, for the skeptics, those people listening, I've got to get to the numbers. My yes. vice president, my senior vice president, whoever is like, where are the numbers? They really don't care how much time I spend with my people. They don't ask, no one ever asked me, hey, how much time did you spend with the sales rep today? No one ever asked me from the top, hey, what um, coaching have you done with your sales team? Hey, no one ever asked me, hey, what are the three or four things that you've recognized that your sales team is weak on from a performance perspective that you want to improve? They only
1: Okay, so I'll answer the question. You've you you been, been, you, you been paused out, but I mean, that's a really <laughs> good question. It's a really good question. And the challenge is when you have a culture that rewards coaching, it's much easier to do, right? The skeptic is the one that lives in that performance culture that doesn't give a shit about how you deliver the performance, which is a very short-term thinking approach. And then you've got to buck the trend, right? And nobody wants to buck the trend, right? Oh, you know, if I do this and it's not aligned to my KPIs, uh, you know, I don't deliver my sales and I'm in trouble. But it's it's your top performers. One of the things I learned best from a a young kid that I hired, he's actually, you know, it's many years ago, as I said, you know, the Moses days. But uh, the kid had no experience. Okay. And and first year I'm going away with the group on the President's Club Award trip to somewhere nice. I think it was uh, Jamaica or something. Uh, And I said, how the hell are you on this trip? It's your first year. (laughs) <laughs> of course, he did it his second and his third year. I didn't ask those questions because I, he answered it very succinctly. I spoke to the top rep whose name was Jim, interestingly enough. And Jim said, get to know your top 10 customers, live with them, eat with them, become their friends. And I said, so? says, I did it. The kid was personable. So here's how I connect that back to coaching. Look at your top managers in your sales organization. See what they do. emulate it. Okay. Ask them what they do to be successful. The top ones will probably tell you I'm developing my people. I get it because you're right. Well, not a lot of people get it, that that's their role. And you ask me to define the role. So sometimes people are just not clear. They think, Hey, I'm here to put out fires. I'm here to handle situations for my reps. No, you're going to have to develop self-managing people who can solve their own problems. Right? So some people just don't get the connection. They're going to the beach probably because it's only what day of the week it is. It's Thursday. They're leaving a little bit early to the beach. So they're not committed to their job, right, if they're on their way to the beach right now. Uh, but, but the point being is, you know, how do you convince them? I, I've been touting this message. I know there's a lot more folks, like even I won't mention his name, but Mike Weinberg uh, is now talking about, <laughs> about sales managers and the importance of sales managers. And he gets David Brock he, just dropped a big book on that, too. A big book. You know, Um so there's been lots more folks saying, hey, you know what? Maybe there's something here. And not to say that I'm a leader in any way, shape, or form, but this is what I enjoy the most, and I do believe it's the biggest opportunity. So There's the that good old is, Canadian humility right there. That's that good old Canadian, Canadian humility right there. Way leave, to go, right. bro. Leave it to us Canadians, eh? We're there. And right. it's not, so everybody. So, so the point is, how do you convince people? I, I've been touting the message. There's more people touting the message. It really has to start from the top, to be completely frank. Because a lot of people will not say, hey, you know what? I want to be the best coach I can be unless there's really a, a, a Okay, we got to solve that center. problem. No, nope, I'm not going to accept that. I'm not going to accept that, and we're going to dig deeper.
0: So, everybody, you are listening to The Word. I am Keenan. i got my sidekick, Kiki, here. We are talking to Steve Rosen, author of 52 Sales Management Tips, and we are talking about why sales organizations don't make their number. And oddly enough, if you came in in the middle or you didn't listen to the title, you'd think we're talking about coaching. So there's an, it's an interesting little paradigm because what we're saying and where we're defaulting to is sales organizations fail primarily because they don't have the right coaching structure in place. And I think there's one that, but we'll get there in a second. So with that said, thanks for listening, everybody. Steven, you just said it has to start at the top. It has to be a culture. I'm not going to accept that, and we're going to fix that because here's why. If I'm a first-time sales manager or I've been a lifelong sales manager and I'm sitting in this position and I'm listening to you now, I'm not going to wait for the culture to get there. I'm not going to wait for the talk to figure it out. So what can we do so that sales manager can do it him him or herself
1: now? Now, great question. I think if you listen to one of my my rats. I talk about that, okay? Because in this day and age, if you're not seeking out resources like the Word, like the blogs that you put out, like your great book, then you're not doing yourself any justice. Because if you are going to wait for your organization to do something, I've told you that 50% of organizations are doing nothing for their sales managers. And guess what? Next year, they're probably not going to do anything again because they're missing the point. So if you want to develop in your career, and you, you, you got me riled up here now, Because my belief is if you want to develop in your career and you're waiting for someone to do it for you, forget about it. You're not going anywhere.
0: No, but I'm the sales manager. Let's say I'm the sales manager. Let's, you and I. Okay, keep
1: going. So So how do I learn? In fact, those are the cheapest of the folks is the sales managers because they think their company owes it to them to develop them because they're a manager. For many reps are buying books. You know, they're getting online for free resources. They're signing up for courses. They're not waiting for their company because they want to be the best. But what happens when you become a manager? You become like a dependent Canadian on your healthcare system. You want everything <laughs> free, right? Yeah. And it's not free. If you want to develop in your career and your company's not doing anything for you, you got three choices. You do nothing, and then you make yourself, uh, I think I called it irrelevant, right? You invest in yourself you know, and find resources, and I don't want to be promotional because this is not promotional, but I have a great program I developed for that group because no one's helping them. Yeah. Or three, you leave your company and you say, hey, I don't want to work for a company that's not investing in me. Right. Let's get to number two. Let's go to number two. Number what two. specifically, don't tell them to go to
0: resources. What specifically should they start implementing now? And then we can tell them resource to help with that. So, for, okay, so, so I'm a new salesman. I've been a salesman before and I'm listening to you and I'm like buying. I'm like, this guy's right. I need to start focusing on my people. Where do I start? What specifically
1: should I do to start creating this culture? The first step the first competency you need to be successful as a sales manager is coaching. And yep. there's been, you know, corporate executive group or corporate executive board has done a great 2003 study. I know it's old, but it's probably the best study on the, 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 the link between coaching and performance. Okay. So
0: good. Okay. So okay. get great at coaching. So okay. give me some resources. How do I, what does good coaching look like? Talk to me, give me
1: some resources and tell me what good coaching looks like. Okay. It's what you're doing right now. You're asking versus telling. That's the first step in shifting from a directive approach to a coaching approach. It's not thinking you have all the answers. And I know we spent a lot of time up front talking about new sales managers, but the easiest way to get something done is to tell someone what to do. Hey, Mike. Hey, Mike. Think of Weinberg. Hey Jim, you know what? <laughs> oh, I
0: gotta tell Mike. He's gonna love that. Yes. Yeah. I, I want
1: him promoting this podcast. Emily. Yes, right? uh, so, uh, you know, think of your wife. Or you know, she says, you know, Jim, I want you to take out the garbage. What do you think? I'm not doing that, right? Even if you want to do it, you've been told. So you've gotta. It, 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 it's a paradigm shift in terms of how we lead people. So the first shift, the first resource you gotta get is understanding how to coach and if it's okay. as simple as moving from what you're doing is asking effective questions as opposed to telling me like I'm in tell mode right now I'm doing is telling but if you are starting to ask effective questions and helping people figure out how they're going to get from their objective from A to B and not tell them okay you got to do this because that does Hey Kiki does that sound
0: familiar? Does sound familiar Kiki? How are you going to get from A to B? Does that sound familiar? I drive okay. poor Kiki Max fucking crazy because I'm like how are you, you gonna do that. that? How are you gonna do that? Oh my yeah. gosh. So, but do you tell her how to do it. Uh no, normally not. I tell her when I'm not normally happy. Not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and some people want to be told what to do. Stephen, just tell me how to do it. Okay. So, you know, this is actually, I guess, minutiae details in terms of coaching. But no this, sometimes- is, no, this
0: is good. This is
1: what people need. Kiki, do I tell you how to do it? No. And <laughs> someone who came in here and said, I need you to tell me how to do it, would not survive at this company for long. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so you wouldn't put up with that shit, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I,
0: I can't I can't think for everybody. Two, I, there's two reasons I don't do it. There's two reasons. One is I can't – I don't have the t- the brain power. In my head, if I'm thinking about how to do it, I might as well just do it. He hired
1: okay? us for a reason.
0: Yes. Oh, and number two – And you probably do it better than he does it. Yes, exactly. And that's what I, that's what I want. Someone does it better. And number 100%. two, I, 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 I want the – the uh, how do you say the – the uh, when, when things are all different. the Diversity. diversity. Thank you. I want yes. the diversity of thought right? So if I'm telling someone how to do it, one, you, you can only do that for so long. And number two, you have no diversity of thought. So that's why I don't use directive methods. Sometimes I do if it, it you know, I default to directive methods. If it's not getting done, the results are not happen after the first, second or third time. And I can't afford to have it messed up again. I'll say, do it this way. And then we'll figure out how to make sure you don't make the same mistake again. Right.
1: Okay. So let's take that thought process and just actually provide some good tips on that. You know, I wrote about tips. Yes. For me, it's about tips. So it's okay to tell when someone doesn't know, because sometimes we don't know what we don't know. Mm -hmm. So it's okay to tell as long as when you tell you deepen the learnings. That's what my my, my old coach used to say to me. As long as you you tell someone, so you've helped them the first time that they're smart enough to do it the second time because you've deepened their learnings of how to approach a situation right? So great coaching is one, you want to tease things out of people, because you said diversity of thought, you know, I joked about, you know, when I was a VP of sales, that was the year that, you know, Moses brought down the Ten Commandments, because the point is, things change, right? And if you're not adjusting to the change, and you think, you know, as a sales expert, you know it all, well, you've made a couple mistakes, right? You don't, and then you're assuming that you know better than others. So you've got to be learning. So as a coach, sometimes people just don't know how to do things. So if you teach them and deepen their learnings, they get better and they can do it the next time. Because one of the things I talked about is building self managers, people who can manage themselves, just like you with Kiki, I keep, you know, that you want her to be able to do the job and take it to the next level. Right. And if you have eight people or 10 people in the organization, like a sales manager has, well, each one of them is a better self manager. Well, guess what? You're doing well. Right, and some people think, "Oh my God, my reps are not calling me. They don't need me. I'm not doing a good job." So you have got to get past this, what I call codependent relationships. You know, where some ma- managers they leave their job and move to a new region, and they're still getting calls from old reps because they hold their hand. So part of the coaching process is allowing people to grow.
0: Okay, so, so how do know,
1: I? So if coaching is this important, you said
0: number one is coaching. That's the thing you need to learn to do. So everybody hear that. If your company's not helping you do this, you need to learn to coach. How do you know what to coach? How do I know what uh, to coach? How do I build a
1: process uh, for that? Good question. Good question. You, you know, three, you're, three. I'm telling you, you know, superstar. So <laughs> what I do with organizations on that who who want to you know build you know develop managers as coaches? That's a great question because I ask, well, what are we coaching to? Okay, if you don't know what you're coaching too, then what are you coaching, right? Are you coaching how they tie their shoes, how they drive their car to each call? So it starts with competencies. What are the key competencies that are going to make your rep successful? Usually, selling skills so happens to fall into one of those. So if you don't really know what to coach, you know you can you can start with selling skills, whether it's business acumen for your salespeople, you know territory management, you know customer relations. You know, whatever area. And so you need to define some of that, or at least you need to have an understanding. As a company, it's actually good to say, this is what we coach to. And sometimes you'll coach different things. Sometimes it's a behavior that's completely unacceptable that you need to coach to because you want to extinguish that behavior. So the interesting thing is, that's one answer to the question. The other answer is, what do you coach, is what is the person committed to improving upon? I don't want to coach you on on how you dress because you like how you dress. In fact, I I tried to dress just like you so I can model while you're you're dressing behavior. I like the plaid, baby. I like the plaid. You know, so, so, so how we start my my belief in coaching. And of course there's different models out there is the first thing you want to ask the person, if there's one area we want to work on, that will have a positive impact on your performance. What would that be? So I'm not even going to tell you what I'm going to coach you on. Got it? Yeah. You're not going to tell me what you're going to coach me on. No, I'm going to ask you. Oh, you yes, yes. What are you committed to working on? Because if you're not committed, I don't give a shit how good I coach you.
0: All right. So let's – So okay. So I I like that, but part of my coaching – I subscribe. Part of coaching is observing. So I have a methodology around coaching that's observe, describe, prescribe. And then the coachee side of that is absorb and apply right? Part of my job, so I'll add to this, those you are listening, if you're in a leadership position or frontline sales position, you're trying to figure out how you become a better coach or how you manage performance, one of the things you need to learn is observation. You need to know how to observe and you need to know what to look for and you need to know how to define what you see in its relationship to the performance that you're trying to create. If you are not able to observe appropriately, the behaviors that affect performance, you won't be able to coach on that. And the reason you made me think about this, Stephen, is I am only – when someone says what they want to be coached on, I only give 50% credence to because people have a Jahari's window. They have a blind spot. If I rely on you to tell me what you need to be coached on and I don't have the awareness to be like, okay, that's good stuff. But, oh, by the way, there's three or four things over here you don't even recognize that are crushing you, we're never going to improve your performance,
1: right? So one of ah, the benefits – I'm going to stop you there, okay? Stop. Yep. I, I believe, you know, you know, the whole thing of big data and, and managers coaching from their computer. Mm-hmm. I think that's bullshit. You know, uh, so I, you can't I think manage a person it. from a computer. But, but the observation component is critical. But part of your job as a coach. OK, I hold off on the feedback. We'll give it. And, and, and I like your approach. I want to help people become self-aware. I want them to self-evaluate. Okay, And sometimes they don't know what they don't know, and, and you can tell them. But if you're immediately jumping in, and I'm not challenging your model, but I am. If you're immediately jumping in and giving feedback, you're not doing justice. Notice, notice what you've just done. Notice what I said. Observe. Yeah. Describe.
0: Yeah. Prescribe. Yeah. When, prescribe is the feedback. What are the first two things before the, the prescribe? Observe. Yes. And notice, I didn't say observe. I said observe, then Describe. That's not feedback either, right? all oh, kind of it is. It's telling you what I saw. Yeah. Then the feedback prescription. So think about this for a second. I can't help you get better unless I shut up and watch. Yes.
1: And you shut up and listen. Well,
0: right? that's all. I, it's all part of the same thing, right? It's all part of the well, same thing. Well, watching, okay, listen, before, and before.
1: after you observe, mm-hmm. I would ask the individual to describe. And I know it's hard. And I'll tell you why I do this. I'm not saying it's it's wrong. Uh, I'm just saying it's different. Because as a good manager, okay, let's say there's arguably 20 days in a month, working days. You're out with your salesperson. If you're great, you're out there two days a month. You're probably out there one day a month, okay? Mm -hmm. And if you're doing the observations and the uh, description, Mm -hmm. right, what do they do the other 19 days when you're not there? Well, that's where the prescribed comes in. So prescribe is what? The Tell feedback. The, the feedback, okay. But, but who's going to give them the feedback the other 19 days when they forget what you've told them? They do it themselves. Right. So, so my approach is observe, ask them to evaluate themselves, because I want them doing that the other 19 days. So when they've gone into a call and I'm not there, I want them saying, what would Stephen ask me if I'm debriefing? mm mm-hmm. okay and what I'd ask them is you know did what was your goal did you achieve your goal what did you do well what did you do not so well so I need them thinking about that 20 days of the week mm-hmm. that's the absorbent apply
0: yes yes that's the absorbent <laughs> apply so you what you've done is you've take the absorbent apply and you've sort of rather than making it linear, you've sort of moved it up and, and, and aligned it in the process, right? So when I've done describing and prescribing, then it's the absorb and apply. Did you understand the absorption piece? Did you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand why it's important? Do you understand how it connects with the end? Are you absorbing what I'm telling you? And then the last piece is the application. And as they do the application, that's where observing comes back in because I can watch you try to apply what I shared with you. And then it spins the whole cycle around again, right? So
1: I I think we're on the same page. I I, I take a a slightly different approach, but the fact is that when we're out coaching, it doesn't have to be one model or another model. The fact is we're working with our people to help them get better. And the only way they're going to get better is committing to doing something on their own.
0: So let's talk about that piece there, right? Let's talk about that committing. What do you think about people who are uncoachable?
1: Fire them. (laughs) <laughs> I agree. You know, I mean, uh, or don't waste He's your time talking. with them, right? The, I, I mean, we all we have patience, you know. Uh, and there are people who are uncoachable, and sometimes there's reasons, and you know, there's nuances to break through. But you know, the, the end of the day, you want people who you can develop. Remember the role of a sales manager. Whatever I said, hire, develop, and retain top-performing salespeople.
0: So, how so, important but, is how important is finding a coachable person to the hiring process?
1: Uh, It's critical, you know, because at the end of the day, unless you're you're hiring, you know, a a LeBron James, who is the coach himself, right? (laughs) He runs the team, right? Uh, And he's probably not coachable, but hey, I'll take a LeBron James who's not coachable. But very, but most I people
0: don't. I, 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 I'm not buying that. Uh, I wouldn't take a look I don't believe Ron James could even get to where he is if he's not coachable. I don't believe you You can get to the top of your game if you're not coachable. My definition of coachable means is you can accept criticism and feedback from other people about your deficiencies in an effort to improve on those to get to the next level. I do not believe you can get as good as LeBron James. Now, he may be a difficult person to coach. He may not respond to certain types of coaching, but I just cannot believe you can get to that level of a game without being coaching. I mean, here's a good example, I recall in the beginning of his career, a lot of people argued he needed to work on his, um, his, uh, his outside shot, right? His free, his jump shot. And he worked on it. That's coachable. Right. I mean, yeah. whether where, whether he sat and listened to ESPN complain about him all the time, not having a, a good jump shot or his coach said it to him or his mother, I don't know. But he he heard it, internalized it, absorbed and applied. And now it's better. I just don't think you can be great
1: if you're not a coach. Uh, I agree with you. And that was, that was probably just a tongue in cheek example of him being the coach. But, you know, if you have people who are not, if you have people are not coachable, uh, okay, I don't know. You know, they're a drain on your energy because they're not open. They don't want to get better. Uh, we can all improve in everything we do. And okay. LeBron, your double LeBron is a great example of someone who is committed to being the best, right? And, 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 and yeah, and if it, if it means, hey, I got to work on one component of my game, because the reality is most good sales reps do 80 or 90% of their job well. It's the other 10 or 20% that will make them go from good to great. And how they look at that 10 to 20%, if they're confident and open, they say, hey, you know what, I'm really good at this, right? So that, And they're aware, but I'm also could really improve in this area. Give me those people and, 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 and we'll help make them better. You know, I coach managers. Some are not open to the coaching process. I think your company's paying for this and you're not taking advantage. I'm going to have to fire you as a client. And I've done that because there's no value. It's not good for my brand.
0: If you can't, if you, if people aren't willing to the, to embrace the absorb and apply, it's, it's you're talking to a brick wall, right? You're talking yeah, to a brick it's probably wall. that client that's
1: calling right now that I fired. <laughs> they want to. Yeah, yeah,
0: good. So everybody, this has been a killer, uh, Almost hour here We're with Steve Rosen, who's talking about why sales organizations fail. And we have pr- primarily I'm been
1: not answering. Opposite.
0: That's our get on answer. I don't even sweat it. We don't worry about that stuff in That's the back. It's 2016. No one cares anymore. Um, yeah, exactly. He's so good. He's so popular. His phone is ringing off the hook in this podcast. That's how it is. Boom. He's telling clients no, because he's here giving you, dropping mad wisdom to you. Um, so this has been a great one. So I'm going to drop one more thing out here. I'm going to tell you what I believe, and I want you to riff on it, Okay. Uh, yeah. or the riff or the means and rants. to rose rant a riff. yes to rant or the rift to take that off in your own kind of world All right. here it is I believe the greatest coaches are great because they can get more out of their people than their people can get out of themselves
1: agreed no rant, no riff, no, no nothing you're right, on. you're right on the mark that's what a great coach does I can't argue with that If you can bring out the best in somebody, that's a talent. That's a skill. I mean, that's what great coaches are made of. And you see, you know, why do coaches, you know, make so much money? Because some of them have a talent for tapping into their people and helping them get better. Right? Because at the end of the day, you can't make them better. You can't think, oh, my God, I wish my team was better this week. Right? (laughs) Right? But notice what I said,
0: I didn't just say get better because I believe, okay, you have let's say we have three types of coaches. I was thinking about my
1: fantasy football team. That's all I was thinking
0: but about. Yeah, I need to coach you on that. But uh, I need to There's big three help. types of coaches, right? There are those who are terrible coaches, right? Then because they just they make it worse, not better. Then there are those who make who help people, they um they coalesce people and they make individuals a little better than they were before. Then there are those who get the most out of a person, oh, right? Yeah. But then there's the ultimate cream of the crop. Who can get more out of a person than that person can get out of themselves. In other words, look, every person has a plateau if left to themselves, right? 100%. And some coaches can get more out of you than
1: you could have got out of yourself. I'm with you. So I think those are people that you should cherish in your organization, that you should support, because these are people that make a difference, whether it's in Athletics, education, the sport of sales, the sport of corporate performance. These are your stars. And sometimes companies and as, don't work. Yes.
0: Sometimes and we remember these people. We right? remember these people, right? Don't we? It's we remember these they people. Life.
1: Life.
0: Yes. I remember my coach. Or I remember my teacher. Or I remember this person. And we remember them because they tapped into us in a way that got us to want to try harder,
1: to push further, to try to get something done we didn't think we could do. And believe in ourselves because most of us go through life with self-doubt. And maybe yeah. some of it's yeah. just a little. Maybe some of it's a lot because we don't see our potential. And, and, you know, I love coaching my children because I can see their potential. And I know they can't. You know, they say, oh, dad, enough. Right? But 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 you right. can see it. You know, and sometimes it's trying to make them cognizant. They don't realize because they are who they are. Right. Uh, you know, a young lady like Kira doesn't know how wonderful she is unless you're able to help her see that and believe she can work 24 hours a day, where she thought she only worked 36. Oh yeah, she works. She works 28 hours
0: a day. I don't know I'm how she does that. that. I said 36, so there you go. <laughs> um, all right. This was awesome, Steve. Really, really appreciate it. This was fantastic. Everybody, you were listening to The Word, a jolt of Sales 411 with Keenan, Kiki, and this week's guest, Steve Rosen. This was episode 37, right? Did I get that right? We had 37. Yes, sir. Hey, I. I cannot believe we've missed some because of our colossal platform mess ups. We should be here for a while. So using GoToMeeting, I never thought I would have went from using something hip and young as cool as Blab all the way to the old school tried and true. But it is what it is. You got to go with what works. You got to go with what works. So um, Mm -hmm. Steve, thank you very much. Everybody listen. Steve is the author of 52 Sales Tips for Sales Sales Managers. You can get it on Amazon. I highly recommend you go pick it up. You can also uh, get him on his blog. At steverosen.com,
1: correct? Starresults.com, and it's called the Sales Management Block. Yes, and where else can people find you? Where else can people find you? Tell us how to find you. Um, Well, you can find me. I have a YouTube channel called Sales Management TV where I post uh, tips and uh, and webinars. Uh, My site's www.starresults.com and uh, we should have a webinar on a regular basis that you can come see and share my thoughts on, on sales leadership and really how sales leadership is the key for success in business. So And watch this podcast and other podcasts uh, that Kenan puts out because they're entertaining.
0: <laughs> He's promoting me within the podcast. That is about as good as it gets. All right, my man, thank you very, very much for that. I greatly appreciate it. And other than that, until next time, folks, peace. I am out. So just chill to the next episode.